0: Hi, and welcome to the Normal Birth Podcast. We know that every birth is unique, so have you ever wondered why you need a birth plan? My guest today is Janae P., a longtime friend and mom of three boys. Throughout the episode, she talks about her journey through early motherhood, including a wide range of experiences with epidurals. If you're expecting, I hope this episode empowers you to make the best choices for you. And if you're already a mom, there's plenty here for you to connect with, including a couple of cameos from Janae's Littles. Thanks so much for tuning in. All right, well, um, let's get started. How many kids do you have?
1: I have three boys um, and a dog dog child as well, as you, as you heard, Uh, but I have three boys. They are ages
0: nine, five, and three right now. Okay. Um, so as far as what you thought your family would look like, did you ever imagine yourself being a mom to three boys?
1: (laughs) Uh, well, when I was a teenager, I decided I never wanted to get married or have
0: kids. So no, nothing (laughs) like I
1: imagined.
0: (laughs) That's awesome um so it you know moving into the birth stories do you want to start with your oldest or your youngest or do you want to just kind of um I could start with my oldest okay yeah I'll I'll start with the oldest
1: his name is Graham and um so (laughs) fun story when my husband and I got married he knew that I didn't want kids Mm -hmm. and and he was fine with that and then about three years after we were married I just got this feeling that like there was someone missing from our family. And I was like, oh no, what is this? And, um, I like ignored it and put it out of my head for a good six to eight months. And then it just was this nagging thing. And I was like, okay, I got to talk to Bob. Bob's my husband, by the way. And, um, I was like, Hey, so I've had this this feeling and I told him all about it. And he was like, you know what? It's your body. You're going to do 99% of the work. Like you decide if, yeah. and when you want to have kids. And I was like, thank you. But that still doesn't help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, um, uh, it took me a few more months after that, before we decided, okay, well, we'll try to have a kid. And I got pregnant immediately, like of course. immediately. Yeah. And so I was like, huh, wow, I'm very fertile. And Bob's very, you know, virile. So, you know, this is great. <laughs> um, <clears throat> anyway, so that was a shock. Cause my sister, I talked to some of my sisters-in-law about like how long it took them to get pregnant. And for some of them, it took like nine months before they finally got pregnant. And so that's kind of what I was expecting. Nope. Uh, I had the opposite problem. Um, no, that Anyways, is like a,
0: a common thing that I hear from people who get pre- pregnant quickly is that it's shocking. You expect yeah. it to take longer. So you aren't anticipating. Yeah. Well, I was
1: like, I was like, great. I can just ease into this whole idea of getting pregnant and having kids. And nope. I like, the funny thing was my husband and I were out at a friend's house and I came down with a migraine and I've never had a migraine ever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what, this is weird. What's going on. Um, And so I went home, I took some like pain medication and went to sleep and woke up the next morning. I was like, that was the weirdest thing. And a few weeks after that, I didn't have a period. And I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) And so I suspect the migraine was like, Hey, you're pregnant. (laughs) Uh, my body's just like freaking out like what is this thing happening and anyway i had some other i've had some other weird symptoms um during pregnancies that i just never expected like i i passed out once for no reason oh. and there was I, I couldn't trace it back to anything except for the fact that it was like really early in my pregnancy and um i think my body just didn't know what was happening i don't know
0: which one was that second or third
1: uh that was my first one too actually first oh. my first pregnancy
0: what? Um, I think I remember hearing somewhere, Kate Blanchett, I think it was said, she's passed out every single time she's gotten pregnant. And that's always been her first notification. So
1: was weird. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was in college, um, or some, no, I wasn't in college anyway. I don't remember now, but I was doing something somewhere in public and I had to, like, I felt it starting to happen. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to pass out in the middle of this public place. So I like ran to a bathroom locked the door and just like passed out in the bathroom on the floor by myself. Cause I was like, this is embarrassing. <laughs> I don't know if that was smart or dumb, but <laughs> I didn't want to make a scene. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. um, Yeah. So that was my first, my first pregnancy was really weird, like really weird. But the, my whole first pregnancy and birth experience was just kind of bizarre. And it wasn't even all because of my weird body. Um. Anyway, we'll get to that. So moving on. I um got pregnant with Graham like immediately and it, it was kind of a difficult time in our lives. We were oh we were dealing with a lot of a lot of stuff. Um Bob and I Bob and I both my kids are knocking on the door. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> hang on. Hang on. Jonah, I said I was gonna be in a meeting and I need you to not interrupt me, buddy i so
0: sorry. Hang on. Oh gosh. It's always the best timing, isn't it? <laughs> Might leave that in. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, okay. So
1: where was I? Okay. So back to we, Bob and I both brought a bit of um, emotional baggage to our relationship And so we, we've both been in like therapy and going through a lot of healing from, from things, um, in our past, in our lives. And, um, so Bob was working full-time and well, so we had moved from Utah where I was going to school to San Diego, where he's from, we moved in with his parents and that was just so depressing to me. I was like, man, we got married, we've married a few years and I was going to school, like things were supposed to be different. And yeah. so on top of this, like weird, crazy, sudden pregnancy, like I was just so depressed because I was living with my, my in-laws, which I love my in-laws. Don't get me wrong. Like I yeah. love them, but it was just hard. It was not what I expected my life to look like or be like. And so that was really hard for me. Um, so on top of this, like very immediate pregnancy, I had this sudden, we like, we suddenly moved and it was just, it was just really, really hard. Um oh my gosh, hang on, my three-year-old just came in. Aggie, what's up, buddy? Hey. Are you they're having a rough morning. <laughs> oh. Hi, what you doing, sweetie, sweetie. Well, you don't need to sleep, but you need to go lay down because you're being really grumpy. Can you go have some quiet time?
0: I'm not
1: grumpy. <laughs> He's not grumpy, apparently. Not grumpy. Okay, mom, can you go talk you? to dad? I know. we'll go talk to dad. He's making breakfast. Life of a mom, <laughs> especially <laughs> when we're working from home these in this day and age. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I get anything done. Um, anyway, so um living with my in-laws and my and Bob was working full time. And here's the funny thing. I've always been a super career driven person. I always wanted a career didn't care about getting married or having kids, um, for most of my life and most of the, my early life, I should say. And Bob never had any career ambitions. Like he just didn't everything that he'd wanted to do, uh, growing up his like teachers dissuaded him from, because they were like, well, you can't make a career out of writing. And Bob was like, oh, well, I guess I don't know what I want to do. And so he hated working because he's working like a dead end job Mm. and just hated it. And I was, I was preparing to be a stay at home mom. And I was depressed because that was not what I envisioned for my life. So we were both pretty miserable, but, um, and oh gosh, I was morning sick for like the first six months of my pregnancy. That's how all of them have been like morning sick for the first two trimesters. And then the last trimester I just get so huge and uncomfortable that like, I'm just miserable the whole time. I hate being pregnant. It is like, that's probably what has kept me from having more children than I do right now is because those nine months are complete misery for me. I hate it. I can't eat. I feel like I'm going to barf all the time. And by the time that's over, everything hurts. So, you know, it just sucks. Yeah. Anyway. So, so with, with Graham, um, I ended up being overdue he was due on my birthday, actually, which is really funny, but I ended up being overdue with him and everything hurt. He, he had positioned himself. So he was resting. He was, he was head down, like ready to go. He was doing everything right. My cervix wouldn't dilate. And so he was putting all this pressure down on my cervix and, uh, it ended up putting pressure on my femoral nerve, which Mm -hmm. just sent pain shooting down my legs up through my abdomen. Like I was in so much pain. I I hadn't slept for like three nights. Mm -hmm. And finally I went into my doctor like two days past my due date. And I was like, can you please take him out? (laughs) I was was in so much pain. It was miserable. Um, and she like looked at me and I'm like, I'm five, three. I normally weigh like 130 pounds. I'm a, fairly petite person. And she looked at me and she was like, uh, yeah, you're past your due date and you're huge and you're supposed to be tiny. Let's get them out. I was like, thank you. Um, so she went ahead and admitted me, um, to the, to the hospital where I was going to give birth in, um, in San Diego. And, um, I, I like, she, she was like, well, let's just monitor you. And I was dilated to like four Mm -hmm. and I, it wouldn't budge past that. Like not a bit. I was there for like a whole 18 hours or something. And like nothing changed. And I was still in so much pain and miserable. And she was like, Oh, and I had made a birth plan too. And of course nothing went according to plan. So I had expected to do a natural birth. And then all of a sudden I got a very distinct feeling. Like I haven't slept for three days and I'm exhausted. There is no way I'm gonna have any energy to push this baby out of me if I don't get some rest. Yeah. And now my five-year-old's back bothering me. Hey, where's dad? Go talk to dad, he's making breakfast. <laughs> oh my gosh, okay, <laughs> what's new? Um, so I, I was in the hospital getting ready to, to push Graham out of me. And I was like, I need some sleep. And so I looked at my doctor and I was like, I, I need a nap and I'm in so much pain. There's no way I can sleep. Um, can I, can I get an epidural so I can have a nap? And she was like, yeah, sure. So she sent in, she sent in the, um, um, anesthesiologist and the anesthesiologist was like, yeah, like, well, let's talk, we'll figure this out. And, um, Uh, I was like, well, I don't want to be just completely numb. Like I want to feel when I'm supposed to push when it comes time to push. And, um, anesthesiologist was like, yeah, sure. That's great. Like we can, I'll make sure not to like give you too much. Um, and oh my gosh, hang on. Augie, I need you to go talk to dad, honey. Can you please go talk to dad? You want to snuggle. Okay. Well, we're going to have a guest here. Okay. This is Aggie. He's my three-year-old. I I feel the need for the snuggles. (laughs) Okay. So, um, so the anesthesiologist was like, yeah, sure. We'll give you this, uh, smaller dose. And, um, that way you'll be able to like, at least feel pressure when, when you need, when you need to, so you'll know when to push. And I was like, okay, great. That sounds awesome. So I got, I got, uh, the epidural and it was glorious, like to finally not be in pain. Oh my gosh. It was such a relief. I fell asleep so fast. And about two or three hours into like this nap. Um, Oh, and keep in mind, they had put me on like the Pitocin and the artificial hormones that'll, you know, help me to dilate or whatever. And, um, about two or three hours into my nap, I wake up because I'm in pain again. And I was like, Hey, what's, uh, what's going on? This isn't how it's supposed to be. Right. And the anesthesiologist comes in and sets his hand, um, on the bed up by my face to like lean over and look at some of the equipment and it's all wet on my bed, my like bed here on my sheets. And he starts looking and realized the valve in the epidural, like part of it had broken and was leaking. And it, the frustrating thing was it wasn't even like he could replace the valve or switch that thing out. He had to take the needle out of
0: my back and put a new one in. I and mean, then oh yeah, it was awful.
1: And so he, they were like, well, do you, do you want another epidural? And I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> like now that I've had it, yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> and so, so I had to do the whole thing, lay on my side, curl up in, in a ball again, have them put it in a different spot in my back. Like I had to get two epidurals. It oh, was, Janae. it was terrible and it hurt <laughs> and it was terrifying because you know, something goes wrong with an epidural, you're paralyzed, yeah. you know? So I had like the worst running through my head, like, Oh my gosh, is it worth it to get another epidural? What do I do? Um, anyway, it was, it was kind of frustrating. And so by the time they got the next epidural in, like, I suddenly started feeling very, very like hot, like hot flashes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, what's going on? I feel weird. Like, I just feel weird, like strange. And it's not supposed to be like this. Um, and so I call a nurse and I was like, I don't feel right. Like, I didn't know how to explain it. I was like, I just, I don't feel right. Something's weird. She took my temperature and I had like a 104 degree fever. Oh. And she was like, oh my gosh, like you have a really high fever. We have to get your fever down. Like it's, and it was going up. It's getting dangerously high. Yeah. And so luckily my mom had flown in from home and uh, well, from Tennessee where I'm from. And she'd flown in, um, I think a few days before my due date. So she'd already been there for like a week. <laughs> And, um, she felt kind of useless because she's like watching me just in complete misery. And she just wanted to do something to help. And so the nurse looked at her and said, you, I need you to go and get ice and, and take these washcloths and keep replacing them with cold water. Like put them in cold water, wring them out a little bit and put them on her head, on her chest, like on any part of her exposed skin, you can, we got to get this fever down. So my mom was just like going through rounds, like forehead, chest, arms, legs, like Everywhere that she could, put a cold washcloth to try and get my fever down. And so, and she was kind of glad she had something to do because she was like pacing, just like yeah. I got to help my daughter. I got to do something. And so she was grateful that the nurses gave her something to do because that's who she is, kind of who I am too, actually. <laughs> and um, anyway, so then um, after that, it was kind of a blur. Like everything, everything kind of went really fast after that. They they checked my dilation, and I was dilated to a ten. Finally. And oh, I good. think the fever, the fever spiked right when I dilated to 10, like it was weird how it coincided. Oh. And, um, and so then my nurse, um, her name was Anna. She was actually this cute little Mexican lady. She was, she was a fireball. I loved her so much. Um, she looked at me and said, okay, it's time to push. And I was like, okay, how do I do this? Yeah. And, uh, and she was like, just, you know, take a deep breath, bear down, kind of like you're going to poop. <laughs> I was like, okay, deal. (laughs) And so I did. And I, I don't think I pushed for very long. I pushed for, well, the other funny thing was it was April 6th. Um, and it was like pushing midnight and, and I had asked the nurse early on, I was like, how long, like first time mom, how long do you think it usually takes on average for like women to, get babies out. Like how much pushing am I going to be doing? And she was like, Oh, usually probably about 45 minutes of pushing. And I was like, Oh heck no, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not pushing for 45 minutes. And so I like gave it everything I had. I pushed for, for me, not even maybe 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes. And I was, I finally got Graham out and I was like, I ain't pushing for 45 minutes. No way.
0: <laughs> Especially after not um, having slept and being so exhausted.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was like, no, I am not. And I pushed so hard. I burst blood vessels in my eyes and capillaries, like in my chest. Like I gave it all I could to get that baby out fast. Cause I was like, no, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. Um, and then, um, the, well, backing up just a sec. When, when I started pushing and Graham crowned, the nurse looked up at me Anna looked up and she's like, oh my gosh, he has red hair. And I was like, huh, because I don't have red hair and Bob yeah. doesn't have red hair, but Graham had a head full of red hair, like thick red hair, like copper colored <laughs> hair. And I was like, none of the names we were talking about fit a redhead." <laughs> <laughs> so, so on top of that, I had this thing in the back of my head, like, oh crap, we got to start over with naming him. Like, dang it. Um, anyway, so like I pushed, got him out. And then it was like the craziest thing. Cause they, they took him and they were like weighing him and trying to clean him up a bit. And then they were really worried because he had a really high white blood cell count. Like they, they took a quick blood test because of my fever and all the weird stuff I had been through. And he had a really high white blood cell count. So they were worried. Um, so when they weighed him, he was, I think he was like nine pounds, which is a pretty big baby. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but they wanted to keep him in the special care unit because they wanted to keep an eye on his white blood cell count. And anyway, so like I got to hold him briefly for a little bit and that was good. But then, um, they wanted to really keep a close eye on him because they're worried about this whole thing. Um, and I suspect it was because of the fever. I think my fever spiked and it affected him. And then anyway, was a whole thing. Um, and so I, I, I got to go in and see him in this special care unit, and he was like this giant compared to all these premature babies in there. I was like, "What is he doing in here? He doesn't belong in here." (laughs) It was oh man, it was it was really funny at first, and then he ended up being in the special care unit for a few days, and which was good because we didn't have a name for him for a few days. Yeah. Um, but the part that was really frustrating was I. Um, usually they have like aftercare for a mom at that hospital for like a day, maybe two, but since I was going to be there longer, cause I was breastfeeding and Graham was in a special care unit. They, they sent me to a different room. Okay. And it was like in the, this is the weird part. It was in the part of the building that was like under renovation. Okay. And. And I didn't have any nurses attending me anymore. And I didn't have any like hospital food available to me anymore. And I was like, this is weird. And I feel completely neglected when I just Ah. had a baby and I should be like cared for and like celebrated. Right. It was, it was a bizarre experience. And so, but it was because Graham was still in the hospital and they were like, so if you're still breastfeeding, we can either put you up in this other section of the hospital, or you can go home and just come back to breastfeed him. And I was like, I'm going to be driving like, 20, 30 minutes to the hospital, every other app, like every hour. Yeah. Oh, no, this is stupid. So I opted just to like stay in there,
0: but Do it they was you were in there
1: immediately.
0: Or was it after a couple of days?
1: It was after like a day and a half. They okay. were like, okay, well, you know, you're what you're, I think the problem was what, uh, I was, um, what was our, we didn't have insurance. We were on like Medicare or Medicaid or something. And according to Medicaid, they would only allow like up to 36 hours postnatal care in the hospital. Uh, okay. And so because of that they were like, well, let's just put you over here in this wing and forget about you. And it was so depressing. <laughs> and so I would I would have to get up with, you know, my lovely um, adult diaper and pads and everything and you know the stretchy comfy hospital underwear and like waddle my way down the hall and across to the other wing to go breastfeed my baby who's in the care unit. Oh. And it was super depressing. I couldn't even have him in, the, him in the room with me. Um, so I was really sad about that. And it just, it, it really hit my like mental well being for a bit.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but luckily Graham, well, let me we finally settle on the name. Graham it took three days, but we did it. <laughs> um, luckily he, um, pulled through and he was fine. And I knew it would be fine. I was like, he doesn't need to be in here. I don't know what you guys are so concerned about, yeah. but he ended up being totally fine. And he was, the funny thing was when they, when I pushed him out and they went to like weigh him, they had these like lights, like can lights shining down on him. Mm-hmm. And I looked at him and he had just the, these like rippling muscles. And I was like, he's not a chubby newborn. Like newborns are supposed to be like chubby and, you know, pudgy. And he was like lean and muscular. <laughs> and so I was like, And I looked at him and I was like, what is that really, is that really my baby? Like, I was so confused because he wasn't, he wasn't fat. Like babies are supposed to be. And, and then when the nurses like set him on me and I started talking to him, he literally picked up his head and turned and looked at me. And I was like, are you a newborn? Newborns can't move their heads. What is happening? Like he was a very like interesting newborn. To have. He was ready to go. <laughs> oh man. He was so ready to be out. That's why he was pushing down on my cervix and my femoral nerve. Like he was ready to get out of there. Anyway.
0: So that was my introduction to, uh, giving birth. It was, was kind of bizarre in a lot of ways. Um, so quick question, because you were pushing so hard and so fast, um, what kind of trauma did you wind up having with that?
1: So good question. I, so, usually, if you're going to tear, uh-huh. uh, you tear like down toward your rectum.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I had no tearing.
0: Uh- I don't know. I have a
1: great vagina, I guess. Okay. <laughs> but I had no tearing. Um, however, I did have a, a little bitty tear further in, in a really weird random spot. And so okay. they had to like stitch that up. But I didn't tear where you'd usually get like an episiotomy or anything. It was you couldn't have planned it. It was, it was random and weird, nice. um, but that was it. Like I was surprised. I thought for sure I would have torn a ton because he was not a small baby, Yeah. <laughs> but, but apparently I'm made for giving birth. I don't know. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But luckily I think that's how it was for all of my um, deliveries is I, I didn't turn any of them except for that one weird random spot further in yeah. um, with Graham. So that Great. was, I feel lucky for that.
0: Now this is pre COVID. And so you mentioned you were in the hospital for a while. Were you able to have visitors come in and like hang out with you?
1: Oh yeah. I, um, I got to have people come in and honestly, I was so exhausted. It was kind of a blur. I don't even remember who all came to visit me. (laughs) If I'm being honest, like I think my mother-in-law and father-in-law came, Uh, my mom was still staying with me and she like stayed with me the whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, but otherwise I'm sure I had some friends and some folks from church and some other people come by and, um, like wish me well and give me gifts. But I was so, it was, I was so bleary eyed. I cannot remember (laughs) like anyone. (laughs) So I hope people can forgive me for that. But I was like maxed out, could not function. So,
0: so what was your postpartum (laughs) care? Like,
1: I honestly don't remember that either because I, I didn't recognize that at the time, but I was already feeling kind of depressed with my life circumstances. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I, I, I'm pretty sure I had some, um, postpartum depression as well. And that just, I don't know, I, that was all I could focus on was how miserable I was. And so I couldn't even think about taking care of myself or it was all I could do to take care of the baby. <clears throat> so that was, that was hard. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, like, I mean, I was living with my mother-in-law and so she would try to help out and cook food and, and you know, make some meals for us. Um, sorry. Aki. need you to be quiet buddy (laughs) he's sitting on my lap here just he's bored but he wants to snuggle still (laughs) um yeah I don't know I honestly don't even remember what kind of postpartum care I had I don't know that I officially had any I don't know uh I don't know I couldn't tell you because that postpartum depression and the exhaustion and the you know depression over my how my life was at the time was were all very real and um snowballed yeah. So I don't remember a lot from that time, but I did take a lot of pictures and I'm glad I did because now I can remember how Graham was when he was a teen, tiny baby. And that was good.
0: That's really nice to have to look back on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and unfortunately I feel like I don't, I feel like I didn't get to spend a lot of time with Graham when he was little. Uh, mm-hmm. When I ended up going back to college and so being in school full time and working, I, had very little time to spend with him, and so I feel like I missed out a lot of his like cute toddler phase and you know preschool phase and and now he's now well, a couple of years ago, I finally like looked at him for a good long while, and I was like, Oh my gosh, he's like growing up, and I'm never going to get this time back with this tiny boy that he was because he was so cute and just so funny, so full of energy in life. And I missed out on a lot of it. One, because of the like postpartum depression. I feel like I really didn't get to enjoy time with him when he was a newborn. And two, because I went back to school like before he was even one year old, I was like, I'm done with this life. I am not going to like, I'm gonna go back to school. I'm gonna get out of here and I'm gonna figure something out. And I tell my husband, you can come with me if you want. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. Luckily Bob followed. He said, okay, let's go.
0: supportive (laughs) yeah yeah he's been great all right so um second pregnancy how how did that get started (laughs) so I was back in school uh I
1: had finally I changed my major like nine times finally found something I wanted to do and um I actually found it before getting pregnant with Graham. And then when I got pregnant, things fell apart and I had to leave. And so I was really devastated that I couldn't pursue this career that I finally found and was so excited about. So when I went back to school, I went back and I had, I had already taken some of the like pre pre classes or the like pre-major classes. So the professors already knew me. So when I went back, they were like, Oh, Hey, Janae, come on in. Like, don't apply. You're already accepted to the pre-major. No worries. I was like, Oh, cool. Thanks. Um, that was, that was honestly lucky. And I was really grateful for that kind of support from them. Um, and then I, it was my junior, well, well, junior, I was in school for like eight years. So junior year is relative. Um, my second to last year of college, I got pregnant with Jonah and it was like the same thing. I was like, I, Think I think we're supposed to have another kid. It feels like we are, but like I I don't know how long it's going to take to get pregnant again. It could take longer. It could be right away. Again, it was right away. Big surprise. Um, and so I got pregnant with Jonah, and was, I was so sick again. (laughs) And luckily, my professors were all very supportive and understanding. Um, and I was just doing the best I could. Honestly, with all three of my pregnancies like the only thing I could consistently eat and not throw up, sliced Fuji apples. That was it. Couldn't do crackers, couldn't do like anything. My husband, one time it was like getting late and I was like, I need to eat something before I go to bed because I, f- I can feel I'm starting to get hungry, but I'm still nauseous. Like, what do I do? And he was like, and this was when I was pregnant with Jonah and he was like, well, why don't you try like, like carrot sticks or something like, you know, just raw carrots. I was like, yeah, sure. I ate a few and like threw them right up. Yeah. <laughs> Nope, I'll stick to apples. That's all I can do. <laughs> um, so I literally survived on apples for like six months with each pregnancy. <laughs> right. I mean, um, there are worse things. So anyway, with Jonah, <laughs> since I was well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> luckily it was no like pickles and ice cream or anything. Yeah. So you know, no weird craving. The only craving I had was with Graham, and it was for corn dogs. And it was like eleven thirty at night, and I was like, Bob. I had to have a corn dog now. <laughs> so he went to the grocery store and got a whole box of like the frozen, frozen corn dogs. Made me one. I half of it. I was like, "Okay, it's all I want." <laughs> I, I was like, "I can't help it. Don't blame me." <laughs> anyway, that was fun. Um so yeah, back to back to Jonah. He's our 5-year-old. Um he it was like the same thing. I was miserable, so sick and then not sick and in pain, like, you know, just uncomfortable. Um, however we were, when I was about, uh, let's see. So Jonah ended up coming early. So I've had all of my pregnancies, like I said, completely different. was two days late. I don't know how late he would have been if I hadn't gone in like what would, would he have ever come out? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're like maybe. Would my cervix have ever cooperated? I don't know. Um, but with Jonah, we it was the beginning of, a, of my senior year, my last year of college, and um, it was it was like August, September, and we were getting ready to move. So we we're moving from this really crummy apartment into this uh, the basement of a duplex, and it was a, it was a, an upgrade definitely. So I felt like emotionally, I was like, okay, we're moving up. Like things are okay. We're independent. We're moving into a nicer place. Like this is great. And, um, I had a friend who did like Henna artwork, Mm -hmm. um, Henna tattoos. And I'd been in touch with her. I was like, Hey, I really want to get like a Henna tattoo on my, on my pregnant belly. Is that something you're interested in? She was like, yes, she, she hadn't done one before. And so she was so excited. And so she comes over, it was like, it was like two weeks before my due date, we had just moved in and, um, she, she, we take like two hours to do this beautiful, intricate henna work on my belly. And, um, she's telling me like how to, how to care for it, how to make sure I get the best, the best stain. Um, and I was like, okay, awesome. Like, uh, and I'll make sure like when I get to do my maternity photos here, um, in, you know, a few days, I'll make sure and give you copies so you can like promote your artwork. Yeah. Well, that (laughs) night, (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's coming that night. <laughs> I, I, <plan. laughs> I was getting ready to go to bed and I was like, I should just pack a hospital bag just in case. Like, I don't want to be caught off guard. So I pack a hospital bag really quick, I wake up in four in the morning and I'm in pain and I get up and I go to the bathroom and I look in the toilet and sure enough, there's my bloody show. And I was like, huh. Well, guess it's time to go. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily we lived like four or five minutes from the hospital. So I wake Bob. I'm like, Bob, it's time to go to the hospital. This baby's coming. And he like gets up frantically and he's like, Okay, uh, what do we do? Uh, uh, just classic. Could have been it could have like, been. I didn't from say it's movie. literally coming out right now. <laughs> <laughs> But he like frantic, like, okay, I gotta call, make sure Graham's taken care And then this and then and then that. And like, um, so <laughs> luckily I was like, it's okay, Bob, just get dressed first, first put on some clothes. And like, I'm like, I'm already wide awake and like thinking very clearly. And Bob's like frantic. It was classic, like could have been a movie. Um, and so he calls our upstairs neighbor who we're friends with. He's like, hey, Jenny's gotta go to the hospital now. Like, can you watch, can you watch Graham? And they're like, Yeah, sure. And he's like, okay, I'm going to call my brother-in-law. Like my brother was living nearby and they were going to, the plan was they would watch Graham when I went to the hospital to have this new baby. And, um, but it was four in the morning. (laughs) So anyway, we finally got a hold of my brother. Anyway, Bob worked out all that stuff. He just wanted me to focus on making sure I was okay. And I was ready for this, you know, to push this baby out. And so we got to the hospital and it was 10 days before my due date. And so I was not, I was, Graham was late. I was expecting this one to be late too. So I was like, oh, we got like a week and a half. We're good. So like nothing at my house was ready for the new baby. Nothing was. Um, anyway, so we get to the hospital and they like get me checked in and they, like, I was like, I passed my mucus plug, like baby's coming. Um, but my water hadn't broken still and my water didn't break with Graham either. Like they had to break my water with both of them. Um, actually, all three of them. I'll get to my third one later. Anyway. So they had to break my water and, uh, broke my water. And like within 45 minutes of me being checked into the hospital, I was holding Jonah. Like it was so fast. Wow. So fast. So completely opposite from my first birthing experience, (laughs) like night and day different. I, I asked for an epidural. It didn't have time to kick in before Jonah was out. Like it was wild. So that was very, it was so fast. It was all such a blur. I so like, what was that intake process like for you? I, well, it was four in the morning. So there was no one there, like yeah. no other, cause no other patients <laughs> were there trying to come in. Um, so I like, like got there and I was, I felt calm for some reason, mm-hmm. which is weird. Cause I've been terrified of childbirth my whole life. Like freaks me out still, even though I've had three kids still terrifies me but I was surprisingly calm. I don't know. My body must've given me some hormones or something that was like, you can do this. You got this girl. <laughs> and like, like I felt, uh, yeah, I was like, I was confident. I was calm. Bob was kind of nervous and anxious and I kept calming him down the whole time. <laughs> so anyway, I like got there and, um, I got in. A, like, we had the, they had the valet area. So we pulled into the valet area and Bob, um, they brought me out a wheelchair and, um, Bob pushed me in and they like, they saw that I was pregnant and they were like, Oh, fourth floor, just like, tell me right where to go. I go to the fourth floor, get off the elevator. And they like, let me ride into the, the, the maternity ward or whatever. And, um, labor and delivery room. And, um, they just got me set up really fast. It was like, no problem. It was easy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that was good. And then, yeah, I was holding him like 45 minutes later. It was so fast. I like hardly, I hardly even remember pushing him. Um, but he came right out and it was good. Yeah. Did your water break at any point in that? No, they had to break my water. Break Once it. they broke my water, I pushed like maybe three times and then he was out and I was holding him. That was it. Man, so easy. Your body's ready. It's ready. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. I was like, oh, my cervix knew what to do this time. Thanks girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how did you feel after that? Cause it, it I mean, so fast, yeah, Uh, I think it was just a blur. I just remember holding him and being like, "Well, I guess I have two kids. Uh, this is cool." <laughs> and uh, I mean, again, I I had I got to have visitors come as pre-COVID again, so I got to have visitors come and people visit and hold baby and just like fawn over him. And I remember that one much better than I remember Graham's. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing too was we hadn't picked any names mm-hmm. for for him yet, and so. Um, we were just, Bob and I were just looking at him, just like in love with this new, cute, sweet baby. And, and he looked, Jonah had a lot more like traditional cute little baby attributes. Yeah. I mean, he's still, none of my babies were very chubby. I'll be honest, but he was a little chubbier than Graham was. And so it was like, oh, this is what babies are kind of supposed to look like. Yeah. And so we were just, we were just looking at him. Um, after we were like in our, in the maternity ward, in my, uh, post post delivery room and just looking at him and Bob was like, What do you think of the name Jonah? And I was like, I like it. I think it fits. And that was how we named him. <laughs> like literally Perfect. Bob picked it and it and I liked it. So we went with it. Whereas Graham, we like deliberated over dozens of names and it took <laughs> forever. And anyway, yeah, Jonah, it just fit him and we just knew it was the same. So yeah.
0: So what kind of postpartum care did you have with him?
1: Um with him. I mean, I, we had a lot of friends and family nearby. And so we had a lot of people help us with meals and help take care of Graham. And, um, I mean, the thing I love, Bob has always been a super supportive, helpful partner. He, I couldn't have asked for a better husband in so many ways. He would, whenever I had to wake up and feed, uh, either any of our newborns, he would wake up and change the diapers. And so like, he would wake up with me and help. Anyway, he could, he, he even told me one time. he's like, if I could lactate, I would get up and feed them. So you could sleep. Like <laughs> it was, it was the sweetest, weirdest compliment. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I feel like postpartum care, I don't know that I officially got, I don't know what to call like official postpartum care, but support for my friends and family is like the best postpartum care I think I could ask for. And, and I got
0: tons of it with Jonah. It was great. That sounds huge, especially when you've got another young child in the home.
1: Yeah. 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 Graham was four at the time when I had Jonah. And so, and Graham's high energy and wants and needs a lot of attention. Um, so it was nice having, oh, and Jonah, I had Jonah before my mom was able to fly out, because my mom wanted to fly out for this this you know delivery too. And I think I told her, I was like, uh I it was four in the morning here. Uh, which meant it was like 5.00 AM there. And my mom is usually up by 5.00 AM anyway. So I called her on the way to the hospital. I was like, mom, I'm having the baby. She's like, no, you're supposed to wait till I'm there. <laughs> Can you get her in the next 45 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was like, I have no control over this. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, um, she, she made it out there finally. Um, and, uh, she was able to help a lot and that was great. Like my mom is an angel and I always love having her around for, for stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think my postpartum care after Jonah was really good. And then since I was in school, Mm -hmm. I had Jonah in September, like right at the beginning of the semester of my last year of college. And, um, my professors again, super helpful and supportive. And they, um, they, I, I would like wear Jonah. I had a a wrap and I would wear him to class and no one asked questions. No one bothered me about it. They just accepted it and supported me in it. And there were times when my professors would like hold Jonah or some of my classmates would hold Jonah while I was like working or doing projects or, you know, schoolwork and stuff. And so that, that was amazing. That was awesome. And I started taking Jonah to school, uh, wearing him to school with me, man, probably two or three weeks after I had him, like I went right back to school. I was like, I don't want to miss anything. I'm graduating finally this year. (laughs) (laughs) I want to get my career going. (laughs) Um, the other cool thing was the place I was working at the time. I had a fantastic boss and he let me bring Jonah to work with me. Um, cause I worked in an office by myself. And so I could set up a little playpen and just put Jonah in there um, yeah. and attend him every so often while I was working. It was, it was really nice.
0: That is awesome.
1: Yeah. It was amazing. Couldn't have, I could not have asked for a better, like environment, better support from all aspects of my life, like personal school work, all of them. It was awesome
0: fantastic. So then you decided to have another baby. (laughs) Not exactly. (laughs) So (laughs) so, here's, here's
1: an interesting thing about me. I, when I was getting married, I was considering birth control methods Mm -hmm. and I was like, I, I don't love the idea of hormonal birth controls. Like for me, my body's working great. My reproductive system is like on time every time within, within like a day. Yeah. And I did not want to mess with that. I just, I just felt like for me, I don't want to mess with that. I worried about side effects. I worried about all that. stuff. So, and I, I'm the kind of person, if I don't have to take medication, I don't want to, Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather not put a bunch of stuff in my body. Um, and so I decided to do, um, some people call it the rhythm method. It's, it's, uh, it's basically tracking your basal body temperature every morning. And so that's what I've been doing since I got married and it worked, worked great. I mean, I was able to get pregnant when I wanted. (laughs) And so I had been doing that and I still do it to this day. Um, and (sighs) just a little embarrassing, um, Bob's birthday (laughs) (laughs) for Bob's birthday. We were out of town And I knew there was a risk, Mm -hmm. but we did it anyway. (laughs) And so we weren't necessarily trying to have another kid, (laughs) but I made a dumb choice (laughs) and ended up pregnant again. And when I told Bob, I was like, Bob, I'm not ready for another kid. What, what were we doing? Like, I shouldn't, we should not have done that. I knew it was a risk. Like that was stupid. Cause I get pregnant so easily. Like yeah. ah. Um, and so we laughed about it, but, um, but we also knew like, of course we're going to keep this baby. Like, of course, like there's yeah. no question, not even a question at all. Um, so anyway, that's how that one happened. <laughs> <Happy> so, <birthday>. <laughs> <laughs> hey, surprise. Happy birthday, Bob. Anyway. Um, yeah. So uh, that one was kind of a surprise. And the funny thing is my due date was like a month before Jonah's birthday. And so I was pregnant pretty much through the exact same time of the year as I was with my second pregnancy. <clears throat> Luckily this time I was done with college and I was I was working full time. And um, I, <laughs> I remember going into work and asking my boss, like, Hey, um, if I'm going to if if I were to get pregnant and and, and like be, get ready to have another baby, how far in advance would you need to know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was like, I mean, as soon as you could tell me, so we start making, you know, planning for it. And I was like, okay, well, I'm pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> and I was like, and fair warning, I am very morning sick. Like yeah. very morning sick. And so he was he was so good to me. He he was like I understand he had, he and his wife had seven kids at the time. So he understood he understood. Um, yes, yes, he did. And he was so, he was so supportive and helpful. He was like, you know what? And and the great thing was we had unlimited paid vacation at Mm -hmm. that job. And so he was like, take the time you need and we'll work with what you're able to do. And Mm -hmm. I was like, awesome. Thank you. (laughs) that sounds fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was, I could not believe like that was, that was huge for me. And the funny thing was I ended up really disliking working at that company. I didn't like the company. I didn't love the environment. My, my immediate team was fantastic. Like loved them. It was me and, and three other guys and they were awesome. They were fantastic. I still talk to all of them today, like still friends with all of them, but the upper management leadership and like other teams, I did not love the environment there. Um, so while I hated working there, loved my team, loved the work I was doing, but didn't like how things were being managed outside of that. Um, while I didn't like working there, I needed to have that job to get through that pregnancy and still be earning income. Like I could have done it anywhere else, honestly. So so that was great. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, I like I honestly can't remember much about those first six months. Just muddled through, came into work here and there, uh stayed in touch with my boss. And he was so he was so nice. He was like, Hey, how are you doing? Are you gonna make it in for this meeting? If not, that's okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. No. yeah. So that was really helpful. Um, the thing that was frustrating about uh as I was starting to like get my maternity leave stuff ready, like I got in the paperwork and I was filling it out. I, I was getting ready to submit it, Mm -hmm. but I was also debating quitting because I hated working there so much. Um, I, and, and I felt like I, like it was a big corporate machine and I felt like my soul was dying. And so I had started, um, I had started up a farmer's market booth, because I needed something for my soul. It's like, I'm an artist and I love, I love making art. I love seeing beautiful things. And, um, and by trade, I'm a, I'm an industrial designer. So like using my creative abilities for this corporate machine was killing me. And I couldn't be like creatively free, which I really, really craved. And so I started this farmer's market booth at like seven months pregnant, uh, (laughs) to try to give back to myself on Saturdays. Uh, you know, to keep my soul alive. And so I like, I'm an overachiever and I'm super ambitious. So this is, should be no surprise to you, Megan, <laughs> that I did this, but anyway, so I'm like running this farmer's market booth and do making all this art and curating art for my friends to sell there. And then I go into work one day, uh, like the day after I'd gotten my maternity paperwork and I go into work and I am just like mad. Cause like there, a lot of stuff that happened. Like I said, the leadership was not great in my opinion. And um, I'm working on this, this project and every, every, it was, I was doing some drawings for this product we were designing and I'm just doing these drawings and I hate them. And I hate them more every like line I make on my like iPad, I hate, and I'm just so mad. And I, I was like, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit because I cannot do this anymore. And so I went in to quit this, this morning. And my boss, um, calls me in for a meeting in, in a a conference room and I go in and there's HR and my boss is sitting at the table and they have me sit across from him and he starts reading from a script and I get laid off at seven months pregnant. Oh yeah. Yeah. That yeah. (laughs) I was, I was furious and my boss was like, he felt humiliated. I could tell yeah. And so he couldn't deviate from the script. He had to just read it how it was. And, um, I was just like, okay, fine. And then HR, they like escorted me to my desk to clean out my desk, escorted me off the premises. And immediately after I like got out of the building, my boss calls me. He's like, Janae, I'm so sorry. I, I had to read from the script. They wouldn't let me do anything. Otherwise, like, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't know that this was happening. Like, and I was like, dude, it's okay. I know, I know it wasn't you trust me. I know this company, it was not you. Um, anyway, so, so I got laid off at like seven and a half months pregnant. <laughs> I honestly was excited. Cause since I'd gone to quit, I was like, Oh sure. I'll take a severance package deal. <laughs> um, so yeah, I like let them lay me off. It was fine. And, and I have, I've had a lot of people like, Oh my gosh, did you sue the company? And like, No, because they also laid off about 200 other people at the time. It was like a huge round of layoffs. And, and since I was a, a, a like entry level position, I was just one of the ones that got laid off. It wasn't like it was personal to me for being pregnant. Although that would not have surprised me if they tried to sneak it in because of that, but I won't get into that now. Um, so anyway, I was like, great. I can focus all my time and energy on, um, this farmer's market for now. Yeah. (laughs) It's fine, and um, luckily, I I'd had uh, I think I think I'd had my insurance work out to the point where it would last until after I had the baby and all that stuff. But that turned into a whole hot mess that I don't need to get into right now. But insurance is really frustrating at times, um, especially surrounding like childbirth and stuff like that. Um, so anyway, I ended up finding two part time jobs after that, just doing like design stuff, and uh, and it worked out fine. Um, and I loved doing my farmer's market. And then, um, as I was preparing for, you know, this birth, my, 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 um, OBGYN, I don't remember. I think, I think because of the whole insurance thing, he was, I was like, I'm really worried that the baby will be late and it'll be after my, like, um, Cobra insurance, like is over because of when I had been laid off, like it had been, it was going to be like, really close to that cutoff mark when, when my insurance would stop. And so I told my, my OBGYN this and he was like, okay, well, why don't we schedule your delivery so that it'll happen before that, that, mm-hmm. that cutoff date, just to be sure. And I was like, okay, that's weird to me, but yeah, let's schedule a delivery. <laughs> like, yeah, I always think it's so strange to me when people are like, oh, I've scheduled having my baby this day. And I'm like, shouldn't your body decide when you're having the baby? Like, it's just <laughs> bizarre to me that you can like schedule it and make it happen on a certain day. But it's it, this day and age, I guess that's what a lot of folks do. So my, my doctor was like, let's schedule your delivery. And I was like,
0: okay, <laughs> sure.
1: Um, so, uh, as you can imagine, I had a baby late, I had a baby early and I had a baby scheduled. <laughs> like, very different experiences. Uh-huh. Um, so with, uh, with my third pregnancy, then I woke up the morning of my delivery and like had a lovely breakfast and my mom was in town already. Cause it was scheduled and she knew when to get there and, um, put on my favorite comfy, uh, maxi dress. It was like this pretty green color and it was super stretchy and comfortable And I like, it was sunny and it was this beautiful, glorious morning. And then I like, you know, packed up my little hospital bag and said bye to my mom and some friends. uh, And uh, uh, because my mom was staying home to watch the other two kids. And we drove down the hill to the hospital and laughing and joking and had a lovely time, got to the hospital. And, you know, uh, they, they had me sit in a wheelchair. They wouldn't let me walk up to the, the, labor and delivery floor. So I sat in a wheelchair and Bob rolled me in, he's cracking jokes with all the nurses and, you know, just a lovely time. And, uh, we get up there and I get in the hospital room and, um, uh, something cool is I've had, I've had, um, uh, labor delivery, like birthing photos at all mm-hmm. three of my deliveries. I had a friend in San Diego who does photography and she was so excited to take pictures for me there. And then one of my best friends who actually lived with us for about five years, Um, when we moved back up to Utah, um, she also dabbles in photography. So she took my birth photos up here. And so she was there in the room with us. We're just like cracking jokes, having fun, laughing. And, uh, the, the doctors come in and have consultations and, um, they were the, the anesthesiologist came in and he's like, Hey, do you want an epidural? And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? I've had it twice before, three times technically. And, you know, (laughs) And uh, and he was actually a fantastic anesthesiologist. Yeah. He he had he I was telling him, I was like, I told him my experiences with epidurals already. And he's like, okay, well, we'll make sure that you don't have faulty equipment and we'll make sure we give you an epidural at the right time so it actually works and yeah. kicks in when you need it to. Um, and so I was like, Well, I don't want to be completely numb. I want to still feel something. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, Yeah, I can you know. We call it we call it an epidural light, is what they said, what he said. And I was like, I like that. Awesome. So he was fantastic the best like if i could request him for every every time i need some kind of anesthesia i totally would cuz he's fantastic and knows his craft so well um so anyway um got my epidural it was good well before i got my epidural i decided to do a lot of like laboring like standing up doing all these other techniques like holding on to bob um and it was nice like it was such a pleasant experience i I actually really enjoyed that whole like early part of that labor and deliveries experience. Um, Cause it was a beautiful day and there was no stress. And it was, it was kind of weird, honestly, looking back, like, huh, it was like pleasant. I never would have said that labor and delivery would be pleasant, but that one kind of was at least early on. Um, and so as the, as I started having like um, bigger contractions, uh, a lot stronger and closer together. Like then the, the anesthesiologist came in and, and I got my epidural. Um, the interesting thing was, um, since, since it was scheduled and planned, they put me on the Pitocin and, and the other, um, synthetic hormones to get me to dilate. Um, that hurt so bad. It was so, like the synthetic stuff is so much more painful than, than natural I think letting your body do the thing naturally. And that that's been my experience. And so as, as my, um, contractions progressed, they hurt so bad, like so bad, even with my light epidural, like I could still feel them. And at some point I, I remember hearing this sound and I couldn't figure out what it was until like, Bob was like, are you Okay. And I realized it was me groaning, <laughs> I, like I was like beside myself in pain. It was oh. so bad, and I think, um, and it was like at the time when I was dilated ten, and all the nurses are rushing around, pre- preparing for me to push, and um, Bob was like, "Are you okay? Like this is unusual." And I was like, I, everything hurts. Like I can't, I couldn't open my eyes. I was in so much pain. Like I could not open them um, because it would be too much stimulation to have my eyes open and seeing things. And um, I think what had happened was they forgot to turn off my Pitocin drip while I was like completely dilated, supposed to be pushing. So everything hurt so, so, so bad, like so much. It was, it was, I can't, I can't even explain the kind of pain that was. But I remember just like screaming, like yelling as I was pushing and my, my, my OBGYN love him. He has, he is, he's like the biggest advocate for moms. And if there's a nurse who's not doing what she's supposed to, he will kick them out of the room. Like he is a huge advocate for, for um, moms delivering their babies. And so he looked at me and he was like, Janae, you got to stop that. You have to actually bear down and push. You cannot be screaming while you're pushing and just like upfront, you know, not taking any of my crap as this like dramatic wailing woman. And I was like, okay, you're right. <laughs> and then it was like the classic, you see it in TV shows. I like grabbed Bob and I was like, don't ever get me pregnant again. <laughs> like just the traditional classic angry woman, you know, labor delivery story. Um, I don't even remember everything I yelled at him. I I wrote a whole blog post about it. And looking back and reading about it I just start laughing because I'm like yeah that's like how they portrayed on tv shows that's exactly what it was like for me um I was like swearing at Bob like I hate you for this
0: (laughs) don't ever do this to me again
1: oh it was that was looking back that was funny but at the time I was dead serious I was like don't ever get me pregnant again I do not ever want to have sex again like this is not happening to me ever again Oh, anyway. Um, so finally I was able to take a deep breath and bear down and really, really like focus on pushing through all the pain. And, um, and then Aki came out. I think I only had to push like four times. The first push was like a wash because my doctor was mad. Cause I was like trying to yell instead of pushing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I only pushed like a total of about three actual pushes but four yeah. count this screwed up one at the beginning, three pushes and he was out. And, uh, and then I was holding him and, uh, again, we didn't have a name for him because we were, we just kind of decided we like the whole idea of naming, waiting to see our kids before we name them, especially after Graham. Yeah. I was like, we're not picking out names in advance because what if they don't fit? <laughs> um, so it wasn't until like I had August and I was holding him and just looking at him and, um, we were, my friend who had taken my, my birthing photos was still there. She's one of my best friends. And, and she like pulled up a baby name list on her phone and was just going through reading names off. And she got to the name August and I was like, hold up. I kind of like that. And I mean, he was born in August, which sounds so stupid in some ways, but he was born in August and, um, my mom was born in April and her first name is April. And so I kind of liked, I was like, Hey, it's kind of a family thing. Um, and so we went with it. We were like, yeah, August, that sounds good. We can call him Augie for sure. And we do. And, uh, it wasn't until a few months after that, I was doing some, like looking through my family history, some genealogy stuff. And I have a grand, a great, great grandmother named Augusta. And I was like, it's a family name. And I didn't even know. <laughs> like, no wonder it felt right because it was meant to be like that name's already in my family. So
0: that's wonderful. Yeah, it was really cool. cool. Um, Yeah. So that one being so fast again. <laughs> mm-hmm. What what do you remember specifically about the the time immediately after?
1: I so having had two kids already and feeling like I missed out on a lot with especially my first and even a little bit of my second because I was in school and everything was crazy with this third one I had decided I just wanted to enjoy everything. I wanted yeah. to enjoy all of it. And so I um I made a conscious decision to, to focus and really just look at and soak up every moment with this baby. And I did. And so that the time immediately after he you know, was out and they kind of cleaned him up, laid him on my chest. I just soaked up that moment um, of just feeling him on my chest against my skin, looking at his brand new little features, like this little human who was just perfect and adorable and also kind of weirdly ugly. Cause he's a newborn, like yeah. minutes old. Um, and I, I just remember thinking I'm going to enjoy every moment I can with this one when yeah. he's this little, because I, I didn't do that with my other two. I didn't, I couldn't do it with my other two. Like one, I was so depressed, I had a really hard time. The other one, I was just trying to make ends meet in school and work. Like, and so this one, I was like, I have some time to really just enjoy him. And so I did. And I just, I made such a like focused effort to do that. And I love that. I'm so glad I did that. Otherwise I feel like I would have a lot more regrets. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't want to regret, you know, not spending enough time or not looking at my kids or appreciating their cute little features when they're young. Like I already breezed past a lot of that in my other two kids. And so I wanted to make sure I didn't miss out on that with my third. Um, and luckily I have I've taken a lot of pictures of my kids. So I love going back and looking at them, but I still get this little bit of heartache. Like I'm never gonna see that in person again. Like I'm never gonna see Jonah when he was just barely got his, Jonah has glasses. He got them when he was 18 months old. Oh. And like, I'm never gonna be able to see him like that again, like tiny little boy with these huge glasses, <laughs> so cute. Uh, and so with Augie, I'm like trying really hard not to have those regrets. Um, because I already have had them with the other two and it breaks my heart that I can't get that time back yeah um so I made like I said I just really really it was so important to me to make sure that I just soaked up every moment I could with Augie because I wouldn't get that back anyway
0: sorry I get all emotional about this no that's fine um so I know you are back to work now at what point did you decide to go back to work after him Um, after Augie. So I was in a weird,
1: my, my career is bizarre. I'll be honest. So I was working these two part-time design jobs. Um, one was teaching, um, graphic design and design thinking to underprivileged high schoolers. And the other one was, um, I was, (laughs) I was designing craft kits for a fabric company. (laughs) So like the kind of craft kits you might get with like Girl Scouts or from the hobby store for like little kids, I was designing those. Um, And so (laughs) they were, I know, right? Weird, but someone (laughs) paid me to do it. So sure, (laughs) it was fun. Um, And both those companies had one of them, the, the nonprofit I worked for, was run by a female CEO and she was just super supportive of me at the time to like take the time I needed. Like she couldn't pay me, but she was saying I could take as much time off as I wanted and come back when I was ready. I was like, super thanks. And she was like, when you do come back, you can totally wear your baby to work. And I don't mind if you want to wear the baby while you're teaching, like it's after school. So that's fine. Um, and she would even come in and hold the baby for me and change his diapers while I was teaching the students. It was really cool. And then my, um, the other one, the craft kit designing position. I worked a lot from home. I had a whole home office for like designing and, and making stuff. And, uh, they, my boss was like, yeah, work from home. And so I got to work kind of as I, I got to go back as I wanted. Um, and that was really nice. So I got to have Augie with me like the whole time. And when I would go into the office, um, for that craft kit job, like they wanted me to wear the baby. They were like, no, bring him because <laughs> It's a bunch of women. They all wanted to see him. (laughs) So, so I'd go in for meetings and my boss would be like, gimme. (laughs) And she'd hold him the whole time. It was, so it was really fun. I felt, I felt so much love and support from, um, all the people in both my, um, employment, uh, in both, both places I was employed. So that was really nice. Um, so yeah, I got to go back to work kind of as I wanted. And as I was able, it was on my own, on my own, uh, time. And I appreciated that a lot.
0: Yeah. That's, that's huge. Like I'm hearing that through all of your pregnancy stories where you've had that um, community at your job, if not in your regular life. And that's, that's massive.
1: And the thing is, I know how rare that is. Like I know, and I am so lucky. Um, I mean, my life has been incredibly difficult in a lot of other different areas, but that is one that I'm just so grateful. It hasn't been frustrating or stressful, or I don't know, I don't think I could have handled that kind of stress having just had a baby, you know, like I I couldn't have done it. And so I am so, so, so grateful that I had the support and and the community that I, that I did have, and I still have today. It's been great.
0: Man, that's awesome. I'm so happy for you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So what would you say, um, if you have to look back on all of it, what would be your advice going into it for other new moms? Oh gosh.
1: Um, I would say make a birth plan, Mm -hmm. but be willing to be flexible on it. Mm -hmm. I think for me, I've been so terrified of birth, like my whole life. It, it scared me. Like I've heard of people dying in childbirth. Like I've heard of things going wrong and like, my brain always jumps to like the worst possible scenarios, the worst possible outcomes. And so I tried to plan and be in control as much as I could to like avoid being freaked out by things out of my control. Yeah. And so for me, that's what I needed. Like made a birth plan. Great. I think I made a birth plan on all of them. Yeah. Um, but having a plan, if you need it, if that's the kind of person you are, do it, go for it. Yeah. Um, and don't, don't let anyone tell you not to, if you think you need it, do it. Like I had people tease me about it. I had a, one of my doctors who kind of like snickered when I talked about a birth plan and I was like, whatever I need it. It's for me, not for you. Okay. (laughs) Um, and then I think, I think the other thing was, so with my third pregnancy, as I was getting close to my delivery date, I remember just feeling so anxious and so nervous about giving birth again. Um, And I have a really good friend who's a doula and I called her actually, I think my husband called her and had her come over. And, um, I sat down with her and I was like, I'm really nervous. I know I've had two babies already, but I'm still really freaked out about this. Like it's still a fear. It's still something I'm terrified of. And she looked at me and she said, listen, you know, you can have a baby. You've done it twice before successfully your body it, it, generally, if your body is able to carry a baby, it is also able to birth that baby. Yeah. And um, she, she told me all these things and it was exactly what I needed to hear. I think it was like the day before actually I was scheduled to go and I was freaking out and she came over and helped me um, through that. And her being a doula, like she has a lot of experience and she has a lot of, she's seen a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, knowing you, you will be fine no matter what. And even if the worst happens is your family going to be okay. And I was like, yeah, like we've got community, we've got the support. She's like, good, good. No matter the outcome, if something, if the worst happens to you or the baby, everyone else will be all right. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Like those fears I have of the worst possible outcomes while the fears I'm, I'm allowed to have those fears. Those are valid concerns. I, not letting them control my anxiety and feelings, like recognizing that even if the worst possible outcome happens, would my family still be okay without me? And the answer was, yeah, they'd figure it out. They would have to. And so they would, um, that where they reassured me, you know? So anyway,
0: man, that's, that's so fantastic to hear. Yeah. 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 I think, I think that's great advice, especially, you know, A lot of women hesitate to make those birth plans because you don't know what's going to happen, but I think the important thing there is just knowing what's important to you and knowing what's going to bring you peace and strength in the moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. And
1: like I said, I had three stories to share really, and I'm long-winded. So sorry if it took a long time for me to get through explaining everything and
0: telling my stories. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I appreciate the detail. I think that's, that's going to be fantastic.
1: Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks Megan. Thanks
0: Janae. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Normal Birth Podcast. If you have questions, comments, or are interested in being on the show, please send me an email to normalbirthpod at gmail.com.